Hey, it's Julie Pilot. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Idea Fountain. This is a really different episode for a couple reasons. I kind of feel like in life, there's the Instagram version of yourself and the real-life version of yourself. I recorded this episode live at the Parliament and Black Sheep Conference. For more on Parliament and Black Sheep, you can listen to the Idea Fountain Season 1, Episode 10 interview with Peter Sims. At the event, there were a lot of Fortune 500 executives and creatives getting together to discuss finding their inner artist and collaborating and innovation. I curated a conversation for the conference about having confidence in your creativity with two musicians, Andrew Dost of Fun and Exhibit. I was so excited to have this conversation. About an hour before I needed to go on stage, I heard tragic news. One of my friends had taken their own life. I could have canceled the talk. I could have gone home. Everybody offered me that option, um, but I felt like being around people, and I was so excited to do the talk. Um, But I also didn't want to get on stage and pretend that nothing happened. The day before I spoke, Aloe Black had spoken at the conference and performed. The same day, he released his new single, S.O.S. with Avicii. Aloe was really honest, and on stage, he had gotten emotional, saying he wished Avicii had really given up an S.O.S. while he was still alive. Mental health is a really serious topic. Minutes before I got on stage, another amazing photographer, Roberta, was sharing her work, and on stage she told her story. She got emotional and talked about wondering if her work was really good enough. So I got up to lead the talk. I trusted the process, and I told everybody what we were going to talk about and also what had happened that day, and I cried. Trust me. I did not want to cry in front of Exhibit, (laughs) but when we eventually got around to doing our talk about confidence in creativity with Andrew and Exhibit, Aloe Black ended up joining us on stage, and so did one of my other favorite people who had rolled up with Exhibit, Problem. In the end, I'm glad I did it. It's really hard to be vulnerable. I could have really easily edited myself in the crying out of this interview and shown you the Instagram version of myself hanging out with a lot of really incredible musicians. But I wanted to be authentic. I wanted to honor my friend, and I want you to know the whole story. So thanks for joining me on this journey. This is the Idea Fountain, life-changing conversations. I'm going to invite our next uh, guests up. But before I do, I just want to send a shout-out to somebody who was here with us yesterday, Aloe Black, uh, in the back of the room today. Uh, has, has the number one single in the United States, SOS, which she told us about yesterday. So as of today, number one single on the forthcoming uh, LP, Tim. So Aloe. 
Congratulations, amazing. Julie Pilot, you, you need no more introduction than Julie Pilot. I, I love it so much because there's so many things that are weaving together for me right now. Like, um, one of my phrase, favorite phrases in the world is uh, TTMFP. Okay? Do you guys want to say what TTMFP stands for? Trust the motherfucking process. There we go. <laughs> and um, it's, it's really special coming off of Roberta just showing her pictures. And it's really special to me to look up there and see some of the greatest work I've ever seen in my life. And to see that there's a world where you think you're not good enough or that you're scared to stand up here and talk in front of us because that's so magical. And the talk that I put together today um, was about having confidence in your creativity. One of my favorite quotes I ever got to hear was, I was at something and Bono was speaking, and he said, I'm so glad that we're here in California today because when you think about it, like nowhere else in the world, people in California make their living off their imagination. I mean, there are musicians and artists and writers and filmmakers and all of Walt Disney. And he said that we're gonna need that creativity to solve the world's biggest problems. And I look around at Black Sheep and everything that's happening and I look at what we talked about yesterday with mental health and I look at that we set the stage and Aloe cried up here and then Emily cried and then Roberta cried and I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Sorry. I uh, got a call about an hour ago that I lost a friend. And I'm really thankful that another thing that I learned from mentoring is that if you lose somebody, like Aloe was talking about losing Tim yesterday, that the best thing you can do is honor their legacy and bring their name into the room and not hide from it. And so I just want to start and I want to tell you about Gary. Um, he uh, worked with me at Apple and he was originally recruited by Steve Jobs to run iTunes. And he was a music encyclopedia and he was definitely a black sheep and he was really socially awkward. In fact, it was pretty funny. Um, when I first started working with him for about three months, he would uh, walk around the office and he was always on the phone and really intense and not making eye contact with anybody. And finally, one day I jumped in and I said, excuse me, are you on the phone? And he took off his headphones and he looked at me and he said, no, I just don't like people. And I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and he goes, I'm kidding. And um, I introduced myself and it was really unbelievable that um, I found out that uh, he came from working at Rhino Records and Rhino had this incredible mentoring program. They worked with youth mentoring, the same program I work with. And he was actually the guy that started it. And we became really good friends. And um, 
uh, it's really awful. I found out that, um, well, what's really wonderful is I got to see him a few weeks ago and we had a great coffee and we talked for a couple hours. He was hugely passionate about community service like I am. And, um, but I could tell he was a little bit lost when we talked and, um, and I hate to say he took his own life, but, um, I uh, wanted to honor him. So, okay, do me a favor. Since he was the biggest music nerd I know, I want everybody to close their eyes and think about a band or a song or an artist they really love. Okay, go. Okay, and then in honor of Gary, I want you to tell somebody about it later. All right, on that note, um, I would like to bring up my first guest... Alvin Exhibit Joiner. All right. Thank you for coming up. For those of you that don't know Exhibit, uh, you can go over here, grab a mic. Um, oh, okay, well, X got to start doing uh, underground hip hop and then uh, was working with Snoop and got discovered by Dr. Dre. Uh, Dre then took him on the road for the Up and Smoke tour where he traveled the world with Ice Cube, Snoop, Eminem, and Dre himself. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about it, but I know how intense it is to have Dr. Dre like you. And um, <laughs> uh, uh, a lot of people now exhibit from um, the work he did hosting Pimp My Ride. Uh, I mean, big fan. We were just saying if we could watch that on Netflix all day, I think I could lose a good six months of my life. Um, that led into him having a, a lot of uh, really exciting acting roles um, from Gridiron Gang to co-starring with Nicolas Cage and Eva Mendez to being in a movie that I think I was a better person after watching. I love everybody in here should watch this really incredible movie, American Violet. And then um, Exhibit has uh, continued on his music path. He's also an entrepreneur. He has a cannabis and lifestyle brand, uh, Brass Knuckles. And he also um, uh, is working on uh, some directing and exciting things. And uh, let's welcome Exhibit. All right. Um, my next guest is an incredible musician. Come on up here. Uh, Andrew Dost of Fun. Andrew plays so many instruments that I had to write them all down. Uh, he grew up in Michigan. Uh, singer, piano, keys, guitar, bass, drums. Uh, we uh, confirmed last night the theremin. Uh, Glockenspiel? Oh, it is? It's the same? What's a flugelhorn? It's like a trumpet. Okay. Well, he plays all of those. Uh, he's uh, a writer, musician, a composer, and he uh, is, was a part of the group fund that won the Best New Artist Grammy and had a number one single with We Are Young. Just moved to L.A., and I have to tell you, um, he's working on all these really exciting things. And we were having a conversation in my office about the world changing and with our work, it's really not like climbing the ladder anymore. And um, there was a quote from Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In where she said the world is really more a little bit like a jungle gym. And um, 
We were talking about that. And then the next thing I know, a couple weeks later, I get this tube in the mail and I pull it out. And Andrew made for me a giant jungle gym vision board that he colored and I can put like post-its of all my goals all over. So welcome Andrew Dost. I'll, I'll go in the middle. Um, oh, there we go. If you didn't know his number one song, that's it. <laughs> um, so when we're talking about confidence with creativity, I think it really applies to every CEO, every Fortune 500 person, every entrepreneur, every artist that is figuring out their path. Um, confidence puts us in such a vulnerable place. And it really is connected to authenticity. And um, I think a lot of our confidence in our creativity was really formed when we were growing up. And I know for me, I lived in a household where if you took piano lessons, you were following the sheet music. If you were coloring, you definitely stayed inside the lines. And if you wrote a paper for school, a creative writing exercise, it was, oh, you misspelled five words. And so I am a bit of a rule follower, and it took me a long time to um, really trust my creativity. I'm interested, what was it like for you guys growing up, and how did you stumble onto your creativity? Well, I was born in Detroit, Michigan. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, what up though? And um, both my parents were educators, and they were both very religious. Um, so in my household, hip-hop was not allowed, period. Um, when, they broke, when, they, when they found something, they would break it. Music was supposed to be church hymns, and that's pretty much it. So, um, but what I did get, and this is a spark that turns into the storm. Uh, in our church, we had to stand up and speak in front of people. Uh, at a very young age. And so that gave me uh, the ability to get over stage fright very quickly. So it helped me in the career in the long run. But I say that to say this, my mother passed away when I was nine. And so that household, that, that, that nu nucleus that, that we're all used to was broken for me. So I was in the street. Uh, and when you go from the street, I didn't go to college, I didn't graduate from high school, I ended up getting a GED. And so uh, when you go from the street, and there's a very similar, the, the similarities between the street and corporate America are, are, are more than you think. Uh, you, <laughs> we use guns, you guys use lawyers and contracts. <laughs> No, okay. I, trust me, I know that you have no many times, I, you have no idea how many times I'll be in corporate America and somebody will be messing with me. Yeah. And I'll uh, look at them and go, do you know who I hang out yeah, with? Yeah, come on now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, 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 um, so when, I, when I started uh, going into um, uh, the, 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 the being an artist and finding out the ropes, it was a very expensive learning curve. Um, I had to pull on some of the things that I had learned as a child and that I have felt comfortable with being in front of people and use it for my creativity. But it's a music business, so not only do you have to be a creative, you have to be, you have to be a business person as well. So uh, we'll get into that later. I'll, I'll let him go. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess when you were talking about your development as a creative person and talking about misspelled words and stuff, that was a, like breaking out of a lot of that. And, and realizing like 
art doesn't have to be photorealistic. It can be just like ragged or raw or splash, splashed paint. It can be anything. Any, anything can be anything, whether it's music or film or art. And I guess a lot of my creative development from a young age was like unlearning, you know, and trying to re, remake myself and reinvent and yeah, unlearn, decon deconstruct like untruths about what <laughs> I am and who I am and trying to invent myself every day. Basically. Well, and that takes so much bravery, right? Because, I mean, I think about it from the standpoint of um, uh, Judy was talking yesterday about uh, seeing around corners and the world changing and uh, the snow melting from the edges. And if you're in a corporate boardroom and everybody's in the middle freezing and they don't see what's coming with the snow melting around the edges, it takes a lot of trust to throw out the first idea in a brainstorm, even if it's a bad idea, right? And there's that you know, saying they tell you when you're taking tests that like, you should always go with your first answer no matter what, but we can, we can talk ourselves out of it. And um, you both have made a lot of really progressive music. How do you allow yourself to put that vulnerability out of there and like, be willing to fail also and be willing to experiment? Um, for me, that's kind of the whole, the whole point and the whole, the whole part of art for me is, is like failure over and over. And I think, wow. I don't know if that's true of like every artist or every professional person, but like every, every day is full of nothing but failure and you have to just work so hard to get through it. And like, that's what makes like a great artist or even an average artist or any artist or any person in general is like courage to push through failure and that's really the scary, once you get through that, then it's easy. Like, I don't mind failing now, because like, I know it's gonna happen. I know that I'm gonna have probably 30 bad ideas before I have one that I think is okay. And you just have to like lose the fear of failing in bad ideas, I don't know. Uh, Dre has a saying uh, when we're in the studio, uh, it's not out till it's out. So it's okay to, you know, put something against the wall. If it doesn't stick, you know, you're not presenting it to the world. We live in this world now where everyone wants to be first, but not necessarily correct, you know. And so they have this uh, sense of, okay, I have to, you know, everybody wants their life to be what their life is on Instagram. And it doesn't really work that way. So um, my creativity is, is definitely, I don't, it, it comes from a place where my mind state is I don't have a plan B. Um, I don't have anywhere else to go, so this has to work. It may not work this way, but I'm gonna keep working at it until it actually comes to fruition. So um, this is something that fuels my creativity. Uh, I'm never afraid to be told no. I, I play my music or whatever I'm working on or it, for other people, and if they say, man, that fucking sucks. You know, I, don't get offended, don't hate the person, it's just, you know, that's their opinion. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I play it for a, a variety of people and, then I, and I take that information back. If I need to make adjustments, I will. But the end result is that you want your bottom line to be a representation of what you feel as an artist. And I think that takes risk, that takes failing, that takes going over and over and over and doing it again. Rarely do you have something that comes out, boom, the first time out and it just flows and it just goes. That I call them unicorn songs. When it actually happens that way, yeah. it's like, oh shit, you know what I'm saying? It actually worked. Uh, but I think that is where the magic happens. Uh, once you're very comfortable in that, then those moments happen more often than not. 
One of the best pieces of advice I got about innovating and being creative was from this woman, Beth Comstock. And she talked about sometimes when you have a crazy idea, you actually have to socialize it a little bit, right? You don't just like throw it all out there. And there's a sense when you think of music of familiarity. Like, um, you know, when I was programming local radio, the first time we'd play a song, a lot of people didn't get it. But at local radio, we'd play it 100 times a week. They'd get it eventually, right? <laughs> and um, do you guys uh, feel that? Because, I mean, you have so many critics in your world. Like, I just think about, not critic in a, I mean, it is judgmental, but I think about, like, you know, you have the people you're working with in the studio. You have the people you're collaborating with, other band members. You have um, A&Rs at record labels. You have, as soon as it goes out on Instagram, you have all the fans. How do you, um, do you socialize your ideas or how do you get things more familiar before a launch? Uh, I don't like to put things out until they're ready. Oh, that's such a Dr. Dre thing. No, no, just, <laughs> no. But I mean, it it actually matters because you you, you only get a first time to make. I mean, as cliche as it sounds, you only get a first time to make a, a first impression. So um, I feel as though that I want things that I create to be a representation of what I am now and where I want to be. And so that takes all the guesswork out of it. Um, I, I think that when you take your time and you put things out that, I mean, if you have the, the luxury of taking your time, then you have that, you know, you can make it special. You can, you can make it something that is going to, to, to last. You want longevity. Uh, anybody can make something that blows up in the middle of the room and gets everybody's attention for a second. But the, again, the times that we live in don't allow people to consume music like we used to or consume entertainment. It's so much thrown at us through our smart devices and technology that you don't get a chance to really retain the information or retain the entertainment. It's like, okay, that was cool, what's next? That was cool, what's next? And so, you know, we come from the days where you used to be able to get an album or a CD and open it and look at the artwork and read the producers, read the credits, read the lyrics. That doesn't exist now. You can pick and choose what you want and then move on. So you have to create in that atmosphere and that's a little more difficult. So you wanna make sure that things that you put out are, are perfectly timed and perfectly put together so there's no room for error. Yeah, that time is such an underrated commodity. Like it's, it's a weird world to be, cause I came up looking and poring over, you know, the liner notes and reading who the, who the band thanked and like, you know, like, Green Day thanks the hippos, and then so I go listen to the hippos, and then I find out who Ariel is, or whatever, like all these things tie together, and now it's so fast, and yeah, it's hard to slow down, and hard to really take your time, but I, um, I yeah, I think of it like building a building, or like sewing a, a pair of overalls or something, where it's like you want those overalls or that building to last many storms, and to last a really long time, and you build it out of quality materials and you construct it properly and like somebody might throw it away but also there might be the kid that like hears it and and listens for like the the third cello line that comes in and is like that's you know you things have to be constructed properly and that takes a long time and it's worth it's worth the time like um it's important it's important even in a throwaway kind of society Wow, I, I'm really taking that in because I feel pressure a lot of times. Like if somebody asks a question to get an answer out or um, 
man, I've even been working on my 2020 plan, and I know I don't have to present it for a month, but week one, people say, where are you at? And I feel like I need to tell them the whole thing, and I think that there's something powerful to giving yourself space and, you know, really waiting until you're ready. Um, as far as giving yourself space, I'm curious about how you guys are dealing with creativity and authenticity in a social media era where it's more often than not the norm to give it all away. And not only are there pressures for you as an artist to continue to show the world who you are, but even with touring, right? Like I'm sure you just got done with a big old tour. You're not in the same creative mindset when you've been performing every night and on the road. How do you, whether it's from social media or meditation or getting off the road, how do you get yourself in that space to be creative again? Uh, the, the fundamental change from you know touring when I was doing that and then coming back, and, and it's like, the crazy thing about the music business is that the music is kind of like taking a back seat to the celebrity of the person. Like, they want to know who you're sleeping with. They want to know what you're eating. They want to see pictures of your cat. You know, they want to see what, you know, what you're wearing, what your shoes are, and, and then we'll listen to your record. So it's kind of changed. Um, so you have to choose as a person, and, and not just as a musician, just as a person, how much of the world do you want to, how much to the world do you want to reveal of yourself? And how much are you going to reserve for the people that love you? And that is kind of where you have to set up your boundaries now. Um, for me, I'm an I'm a open book. Uh, I, I don't like things to come back and bite me in the ass, so I just stay the same way all the time. <laughs> and, and that gives me the creative freedom to be who I am and be comfortable in my skin. Uh, does that turn away some people? Yeah. But at the same time, those are the people I don't want to be in business with anyway because I can't be myself. So, so it's a win. So, so I'm, not, I'm not worried about that. But the mind state of coming and creating something and, being, and, and standing behind it is going to come strictly from the, the, like the, the heart. The, you know, it, it has to be a representation of that. So my mind state is always just dealing with all the other aspects of what's happening. My heart's always going to stay the same. But as things change, as the entertainment changes, as the expectation changes, you have to pay attention to those things. I think it's more important to, to visualize where it's going and where you fit in than it is to try to change mind states and switch gears to fit some other people's uh, and make them other people feel comfortable. Art is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. It's supposed to challenge you. It's supposed to put you in a place where you aren't, aren't really at. It's supposed to take you out of your comfort zone. Um, and so I like to create things that, that challenge people. And so and that's where it is. That's where my mind stays. That's eloquent. That's gorgeous. I don't, my answer is I don't know. I have a hard time with social media. Like, I have no idea. Like, I, when I'm on social media, I struggle with, yeah, like how much to share, how much to not share. Do I want to be like zany? Like what is my, am I dark and depressed? Because like if, if I, I don't know. Like I have no idea. It changes from day to day and I still... I don't know. That's it's a constant struggle. What like do you do you po how, like do you post on social media? I mean, I post shit in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Whatever whatever it is, what if it's if it's a cool picture, then I'll put something up, but it's not a necessity for me. 
you know? It seems like, as somebody that follows you on the gram, that you really post, like, whatever you're thinking about or if something impacts you. Like, truthfully, the reason uh, I even remembered to reach out to Exhibit about this is I woke up and I looked and he'd taken a picture outside a coffee shop that it said, what did it just say, like, be oh, nice to oh, people. Oh, you're never oh. too important to be nice to people. Yeah. Never too important awesome. to be nice to people, and that's what he posted. That's so cool. Do you, so do you, like, back to your time, the time part of the discussion, do you, like, then look at that and think, like, okay, do I really want to post this? Do I really, no. or do you just, like, shoot from the hip kind of No, thing? I just, like I said, I try, to, I try to do things that I think will benefit all of us, not just me or something I think is cool, you know, because you have your thoughts, you, you have thoughts, and, you know, I like to look at, I mean, I watch CNN, I watch the, you know, news channels, MSNBC, Fox, I watch it all, because I want to get everybody's perspective, and then I kind of like, my insight is 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 kind of like my comfort blanket, and, and, and I like to be able to think that I'm intelligent enough to see something that I think is going to communicate and translate to all people. And so when I see something cool or I think I see an image that I think is all right, or, you know, it's the same way, it's, it's a taste. It's the same way, you know, we, 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 we enjoy and pick music or pick art or whatever. It's like you want to do something that you think everybody can enjoy. And so that mind state goes into the way I post too. I don't, you know, I, I don't like to do it all day. Some people see it as a necessity, but when I see something that I think stands out or is interesting to me, I'd be like, hey, shit, you know, I might not be the only one. Let me share it with everybody else. So it's really instincts. Instincts, yes. Um, I, I specifically want to hear what you have to say about there's something more than any other genre with hip-hop that just screams confidence. Yes. Like, you don't, like, I don't think of, you know, rappers that aren't confident, right? <laughs> and, and it may be a little bit of a fake it till you make it, you know, scenario, but will you talk about that specifically as it relates to hip hop? Um, you know, if you don't have confidence, you can't get up and make people believe you. The worst thing in the world is getting in front of a crowd that doesn't believe you. It's the worst thing that can happen because when you're up there and you're talking about this and I'm rapping, you know, and, I'm down there and people are like this. <laughs> it's hard to get past that. So now confidence has to come not only in your performance, but in the way you write, the way you carry yourself, the way you uh, uh, outside, like I said, the things that I, you do outside your career have to uh, 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 have to ooze confidence. You look at Jay Z. Um, I wouldn't want to be Jay Z for a, a bazillion dollars because you don't know the stress and the the shit that Jay Z has to go through in order to be Jay Z. You know what I'm saying? That those that he makes it look easy. Make no mistake, the things that make Sean Carter the way he is, it, I mean, I couldn't imagine the phone calls and the texts he gets on a daily basis, you know? I, I just got a little bit of money and people bug the shit out of me. You know what I'm saying? So I can imagine what he's going through, you know? So confidence is, 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 is definitely got to speak through volumes, through everything you do. And, and I think that um, it's very important, especially in hip-hop, because if, you, if, if they smell fear, 
It's just like the wild kingdom. If they smell fear, they're coming to get you. And, and, it's, and, and, and that's how you separate the real from the fake. Uh, when you get up there and people believe what you're saying, they feel what you're saying, they know what you're saying is real. Um, uh, I, I, I give you an example. My condolences for your friend. You know, my condolences. We had a tough day in Los Angeles yesterday as well. Uh, Nipsey Hussle was, uh, to some, uh, uh, he was he was the Tupac of this generation. They keep using that reference. But what was what what was very special about Nipsey Hussle is that yesterday you saw him, uh, you saw Los Angeles. It was eight hours worth of coverage on Fox News. They, they he had twenty one thousand people at. Staples Center for his 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 memorial. Uh, he doesn't have a gold record. He doesn't have a number one single. He was never portrayed on television as um uh, as you know the next best the next best breaking artist. But what he did have is respect, and he was loved, and he did things in his community that most rappers don't do. He had the confidence to invest in his own community, his own brand. He bought the block that he lived on and that he lived near and created businesses and employed people that couldn't get, that, that couldn't get jobs when they got out of prison. And they killed that man in the parking lot that he owned. So the, the, the outpouring of love from Los Angeles was not because he was not only just a good rapper, it's because he had the confidence to show to be an entrepreneur from that area where most people don't understand that kind of mentality. And that's what the difference is between somebody who just wants to be a rapper and then somebody who is confident in who they are and where they're going. That's oh, beautiful. <laughs> Give it up for Nipsey. We were, we were talking a little bit outside about uh, giving people, people their roses while they're still here, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm curious for both of you, when you were experiencing what some people might consider your greatest success, did you feel you were great? Do you want to go first on that one? I... You're on stage, Best New Artist Grammy, selling out venues all over the world, number one song. No, you know, no, never, no. I always kind of felt lies. Like, like, no, like I felt. I feel like an imposter. I feel like I don't deserve it. Like I've got everybody fooled somehow. Like they, they like. I don't know who they think is on stage, but it's not some. It's not anybody worth paying attention to. And then, um, I don't know. So it's nice to hear talk about confidence because, like, I want. I want desperately to feel confident. I want because I know that that's what it takes to be a great artist is you need to believe in yourself because if you don't believe the art, you don't believe yourself, no one will. You ha it, just, it just drips through the art, I think. And so, I don't know. I want to feel that way. I don't know if anybody does though. I mean, maybe, do you, do you, feel, do you feel that way? Do you feel like Fuck truly, yeah. You do. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Good, good. No, that's, that's no, what no, I want to hear. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because once you get to that finish line, whether you go with a team or not, right? Um, I, when I was on Up and Smoke, that was like the pinnacle of my career. I was working with people that I actually were, were fans of, and they were seeing me as a peer. That was a confidence booster. And then to be coming off that tour and then selling the amount of records I was in the climate that it was, and it was like World War III back in the 90s, right? 
And to be able to come and, and exist in that, it, that was another confidence booster. So what happens after that is, is, is neither here nor there. What, what makes me feel like it's always attainable, everybody's only one song away, I believe that, as far as musicians. You know, we've seen people come out and, you know, like they, we haven't heard from them for like 15 years. All of a sudden, they're back on top of the billboard charts, right, except in the war. So I, I, it's never over until you quit. And so, um, and so when, you, w when I was able to reach that pinnacle, I feel as though the only thing stopping me from reaching that again is work ethic. Uh, I may have to stay up a little longer. I may have to, you know, get up a little earlier. But as long as I modify whatever I got to modify in order to get there again, I know it's possible. So that's where the confidence comes. It's like you know you can get there. You got there already. How can you do it again? You know, you may have to, you know, stay off the beer a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You may have to, you know, you know, go vegan for a couple of months. You know what I'm saying? You might have to, you know, you, I mean, like you may have to, you may have to write a little more. You may have to bring in some help. Don't be afraid to ask for help either. You don't have to be like, I did this. I did this. Okay, good. Okay, cool. You did it once, but you may need to bring some cats in. That's what I'm going through now. You know, I'm bringing, you know, I don't like the trap shit. I don't like the, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? Because I come from a different thing. But I got to bring those guys in now because they're giving me the frequencies. And it was like, yo, it, it can all work. It's just, it just needs to be modified a little bit. Don't be afraid to, to, to go through a change. And it, it, it don't have to be out till it's out. I love that. Well, as um, far as bringing some cats in, uh, I um, am going to... Um, We'll uh, see if there's any questions. And I also want to bring some cats in. Problem, Aloe, will you come up here? Do you mind? I want to talk about community a little bit. Um, I think that it's really interesting, the power of community, especially when it comes to creativity. And it's cool, like as a girl who grew up in Seattle in the peak of the grunge movement while working at a hip hop station, um, I saw all the bands um, that would uh, go support the other bands, right? And every yeah. single night you'd go to shows and it'd be half filled with people in other bands and how much that um, community really mattered. And then on the flip side, looking at hip hop, all the collaborations, whether it's, um, you know, features or remixes, uh, what does that mean to both of you? I mean, for me, community, that was, that was kind of everything. That was kind of why I wanted to get into music. I wanted to have friends. I wanted to see music. I wanted to, like, have my mind opened every night. And, yeah, community is the pinnacle of, of our... I mean, that's kind of why, that, why this, this couple of days has been so special. Like, we're meeting people. We're having our minds expanded. We're just, like, having a great time. It's not about... Um, it is a sort of about the ideas, but it's more about the people. And that's what kind of makes this a special time. I think in hip hop, I can speak for everyone that is in hip hop that it is uh, very political. <laughs> you just, I mean, the, the thing about hip hop is that it's vastly popular. It's, 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 it's took over pop music, right? But hip hop eats its young. Um, you, it, it, you don't see it in country, you don't see it in R&B, you don't see it in techno, you know, I mean, like, you don't see Diplo dissing whoever, and you don't see, yeah. you know, uh, Randy Travis dissing on Garth Brooks or whatever, you know what I'm saying? 
It's like it only exists in hip-hop. And so it's very clickish. It's, it's almost like a game mentality. So navigating through this is very difficult. And if you step on the wrong landmine, it can end your career. You know, and so I'll let, let Problem speak on that. Will you give Problem a proper intro? I mean, people know Aloe because he's been hanging out the last couple days, yes. and then I couldn't have been more excited when I saw Problem yes. rock, walk up with you. Yes. Uh, problem. <laughs> problem <laughs> is a problem. <laughs> now, Problem is one of our elite MCs. Uh, he's a, in a very diff different demographic because he came up with us as a youngster. And so uh, he's been around us. He saw the OGs move. He's been around in the early 2000s. And so now he's, you know, he, he's, he's still young. And so he's part of this new generation, but he has an old soul. And so, so what he's been able to do is navigate through this, and he's got some of the biggest songs that play on, you know, L.A. radio. And, and you know, I, I believe that this brother is one way, one song away from becoming a national treasure. So, uh, so, I'm, so he rides with me. You know, he comes through the studio, and uh, we build on things, and he just so happened to be with me today. And I was like, shit, there you go. <laughs> if you guys, if you guys um, want to see one of my favorite viral videos of all time, take a note, leave, and you need to go onto YouTube and type in Puff Daddy Private Jet Problem. <laughs> and it's the best thing that ever happened. Um, problem, uh, I wanted to just recognize you and see if you had any advice for the entrepreneurs and the artists and the CEOs about confidence and creativity you got to be you you got to be you at the beginning of it through the middle of it through the success you have to maintain your youness that's the toughest part of it you know because with each section you reach with each goal you reach there's new people there's new things to learn and the hardest shit I learned was trying to stay me in these different rooms so that's why I follow around Guys like this, this is one of my mentors, to watch how he transitions his career into so many different things while still maintaining his units. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it is. You just got to believe in your shit. You know what I'm saying? You can't let nobody make you not believe in what you believe in once you start. Now, that doesn't mean you can't take critiques. You know what I'm saying? I call and ask questions constantly. I want to know. I don't mind making mistakes. But that don't mean I'm lo losing my units. You know what I'm saying? So... That's what the toughest part was. You gotta keep your units. Uh, what, um, what do you have to say about confidence and creativity, Allah? Um, I think I had a chance to say it yesterday when we were speaking to um, the culinary expert in the house. And I was saying, your destiny is already written. You just need to act out the role in that script. Yeah. And if you, if you don't, then you're gonna miss the opportunity to make life better for all the people who are waiting for you to shoot your shot. If you don't do it, do what you're thinking. If you don't execute your creative ideas now, it's going to take time for all the people that would have benefited from those ideas. It's gonna take more time. So just imagine how many lives you could have affected. There's no excuse not to. There is no excuse not to. You have to do it now. Uh, all right, yeah, that's what I'm talking for. Um, all right, I have one more question for sure, but I want to give some space for anybody else that might have a question about confidence and creativity. Oh, Victoria Canal, one of our artists in residence. What's up? 
Um, my question is for all of you. At the very, very beginning, was there a moment when you uh, more or less understood that this path was laid out for you? And did you trust the fact that success was gonna come the entire time? Or were there moments when you were just barely becoming a young adult and was maybe like, oops, maybe this isn't the thing for me? Uh, Mike Tyson has a quote that says, um, everybody has a plan till they get punched in the face, right? <laughs> and uh, when I first started, I was so, uh, I had come from, like I said, I come from the street, I was hustling, and uh, I didn't know how to write uh, 16 uh, pre-chorus, uh, I, I didn't have any song structure, any, any experience. And so when you get up there and you realize you have to do the work, uh, either you know you can try to fake it till you make it or you can actually go and do the work, right? And so uh, once I started doing the work, that gave me the confidence to come back and know I had done it. Now, was it perfect? No, that didn't come until, you know, you go to the school of Dr. Dre and he kind of irons you all the way out. <laughs> but, uh, but you have to get yourself recognized to even get to that point, right? And so, you know, do the work. You know, everybody doesn't need to, to succeed right away. I know it looks like it happens overnight, but even the people that happened overnight didn't happen overnight. You know, it took a long time for those people to get there. And and, and, and like Alo said, man, you, you have to be prepared to do the work and be ready for that shot and be prepared. Know your lines. <laughs> know your lines, because when they're ready to shoot, you only get two shots, you know? <laughs> so that's how I feel about it. Man. It's a lot, man. It's a lot to stay confident as a creative. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You have to believe in the fact that you are creative and people don't think like us. So you can't go seeking approval from people that don't think like us. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's real trusting to be able to, 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 be able to give your art and show it to somebody. Man, this is our shit. We make this out of air. There's not too many people that can make something out of air. So that's where the confidence lies. I don't give a damn if you think it's wrong. If I run into enough people with, nah, this is it. This is it. <laughs> this is it. Oh, it's going to be it. You know what I'm saying? You got you to gotta stick with that mind state and know that you are a creative and everybody ain't going to get it off rip. All the great creators, they don't get it off rip. They're not going to get it at first. You have to believe in your art. So if, for, fuck what everybody else is thinking. If you really believe and truly believe in your art and that time that you're sticking into it, the confidence to just drip off you, bro. Straight up. Yeah, I feel really, I feel really lucky about growing up, um, and just charging ahead no matter what, basically, and just knowing like no, nobody, nobody believed in me and what I could do, and yeah, having the confidence where because you, you have to see it because if you don't see it, nobody else will, and you just have to like keep. Even if you don't, it's like you see a point of light in the distance and you don't know how far away it is. You just have to keep like going at it. And then, like, as long as you're moving in the direction and you never stop, then you're going to get there. Um, in terms of knowing if this is your path and, and whether you should continue on it, the idea that you are just confident in yourself and whatever you do really helps because then that will it kind of will dictate your path. There may be other things that come at you, but when, you, when you've put in enough work, you put in enough time, 
and you basically are doing this in your sleep, then you really know this is your path. It's a great path to be on, and you're having fun with it. And uh, should anything else come to knock you off your path, you've already got enough aptitude in it that you could just get back up on that bike and start riding again, you know? So you'll know it if, if, if you're feeling like that bike is steady, then you're on the right path. Uh, I'm curious, my last question, I know that um, I think we're living in a really great time where there is respect for creativity and that there is respect for musicians as a brand, whether it was starting like with, you know, 50 Cent and Vitamin Water or Dre and Beats or all these different things, people are doing more and more things. And I think I look around this room and, you know, there could be somebody that works at a financial institution or is a boss in the game at a, you know, Fortune 500 company. But I think people now can have a portfolio and be experts at more and more things. Um, I'm curious, as we wrap up, um, what you're working on right now outside of music um, or what interests you. Right. And um, what advice you have for people who, you know, like somebody like me, I may have worked in radio my whole life. I had no idea I could go to a tech company. Right. Like what advice do you have for people to break out of that, like very stringent career path? Those five questions. In one yep. <laughs> Oh man, advice to break out of a stringent career path. Okay, um, don't quit your day job, <laughs> all right? It's okay to have a day job. If you have a dream and you believe in something, that will fuel you through those long nights to get it done when you know you have to get up and go to your day job. That's number one. When it's time, you should try to prepare as much as you can a network uh, around you so that you can leap into this next venture with confidence. Um, and sometimes it's hard to find those people if you have enough money saved up. I always think very practically, my parents were from Panama and they didn't think that music was a thing as a job. So they were always asking me, when am I gonna get, my, get a job? <laughs> and, and so make sure you got enough to pay rent so that you can move fluidly into that next thing with confidence and no fear that you have to go get a day job. Because all of that's going to play with your mind when you're like, damn, I, I really want to live this dream, but I have no more money. It's helpful to know that you've got the right resources and the right network. So you, you, do, you don't always have to like say fuck it all and just do it. Some people have, have need that. You don't have to. But um, uh, if, it, if it comes down to it, then try to have everything in place first. That's what I would say. Well, <clears throat> unfortunately, after 20 years of hip-hop, I can't go work at fucking Walmart. <laughs> I can't bag groceries. So what I did, I am 44, about to be 45. I'm married. I got two boys. One thing, thank you. Yeah. One thing that I cannot do is long tours. That was a big part of my revenue. Record sales are not you know, my main source of income. So I relied a lot on merchandising, uh, retail, and uh, marketing, and touring, right? So 
as the as we all know, uh, recreational cannabis, medical marijuana became a big thing. It became the green rush, right? Um, I was able to about five years ago uh, pull some resources. I pulled a guy that bought uh, like he was the main buyer for ice cream and milk for all Circle K's around the whole country. Uh, I knew he understood small retail format. And then I went and got uh, a, a guy who was like the tastemaker of, of, of all cannabis things, you know, and he just knew all these growers and all these guys. And the three of us created a brand called Brass Knuckles. Brass Knuckles became one of the most uh, visible, uh, uh, well-known vape brand brands in the entire world in a very short amount of time. And it definitely, it, it, the thing that I learned is you got to be able to learn the lessons from your losses. You got to accept your wins as well as your losses. And what that do, I may have lost uh, in certain aspects of my musical career. But what I did is I retained the information that allowed me to know how to market and promote and talk to massive amounts of people with, with messaging and streamline the message and make sure that it hits exactly the consumer that you want to hit. I know that like the back of my hand because I had to do it myself. Uh, that comes from being pissed off at record executives when they fuck your project up. So you'd be like, no, you got to do it like this, this, and this. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right? And so we were able to take that and, and put that into the branding. And so that turned out to be the revenue sources that we needed. So now coming back into creating music is because I want to create music, not that I have to create music. So that's a whole nother thing too. When you create music or create any type of entertainment, film, uh, 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 whatever it is, TV, if you doing it to feed your family, then yeah, the pressure is on to be successful. But when you come in with a, you know, okay, cool, I want to make something and I want the project to be right. That's a whole different type of approach. You know, um, you deal with people differently. You know, you, you know, when you're dealing with under that kind of pressure, you may be screaming at people or, or, or taking your anxiety out on them because of your, uh, you know, you need this to work. Desperation. Right? Desperation. That, it never works in the in the workplace. You know, people will shut down on you. People will not be, have your back. People will not perform at their fullest p potential. My grandfather used to say, "You get more with sugar than you do with shit." Right? So, so you have to you have to treat people accordingly, as if you want to be treated. Even if you're in a higher position, uh, I think even reprimanding people that that you're on a team with can be done with love. Right? Not embarrassing them or putting them out on Front Street or, you know, or, or pointing your finger and, you know, throwing your weight around. It, 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 it serves no purpose. So the way that we created that company and the way that it came back allows us now to be able to go back and do the things we actually love to do if you want to do that. You know, some people would have rode off into the sunset at this point, right? But I love music. I love being able to spread, you know, intellect through my community. I love being able to get, make people think. And you do that through music. You know, people don't, you know, our community has, has been let down so many times through different things that we are the heroes. We're the storytellers. We are the gatekeepers. We have to do things that reach them and pull them towards the light, you know? So that's the way it has to go. What do you think? I think you're you're into so many different things. I am. Well, yeah. I I think for me, when you're when you when you guys have all been talking, I'm I'm always chasing a particular feeling when I'm making anything or doing anything. Like there's this particular moment that I think of when I was making my first record, where I was getting a drink of water and it was like jetting into my face, and I thought it was really funny, 
And I just remember thinking like, we're all laughing, my friends are laughing, we're videotaping this, we're all having a great time. And like, now I've made so many al albums and done so many different things. And like, all I want is like that feeling of like being at the water fountain with my friends. And like that, whether it's starting a new company, making a new record, um, I'm always trying to just feel that and to feel the joy of like making something and bringing something into the world that wasn't there before. And yeah, like making it out of air, like that's <laughs> fucking brilliant. Like I, that's what I want to do is I want to make it out of air and I want to share that feeling with people. So I think whatever, like you were talking about, maybe people pursuing different career paths or staying true to a vision or whatever, like I think we all know that feeling. And like if you feel that, then you're in the right place, you're on the right track. And even if you change course, like that feeling will kind of guide you and your instincts will guide you wherever you want to go. Anything you want to add, problem? Yeah, they said all the cool stuff. Uh, I actually like that Allo's perspective is one way and Exhibit's perspective is one way and both of them are not wrong. You get what I'm saying? There's more than one way to skin a cat. So you can keep that as another woofs of confidence. Oh, he doesn't understand because that's his path. Or that's his path and they both sitting up here rich as fuck and then did they think so. They both obviously know what they're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Salute to them for that. I appreciate that. I love it. Uh, as far as new things, that's the part that kind of hit, that's been, I'm in right now. He said I was in an interesting space. Um, I am. Um, after 10 years of running an independent label and figuring out that, you know what, this is very, all the things you said is very clickish. It's very, it's very uninviting for people that think the way I think. Um, I'm in transition just to trying new things. I've been developing TV shows and, and trying to dabble into filmmaking and just in different spaces of creating, kind of scaling back from the front. So, you know, my name is Jason Martin. Y'all don't have to call me problem when y'all walk up All to right, me. All right, Jason! <laughs> Jason Martin. Hey. Reintroducing Jason Martin to the world. I've been problem for a long ass time. I'm tired of it. It's just been a lot of that. So that's what I'm doing now. All right. Uh, Peter Sims, will you come up here if you can? Uh, I, I want to thank so much um, everybody for coming today and spending time. I feel, you know, as that girl who always felt like she needed color within the lines, uh, I have so just, it's such a privilege to get to work around creativity every single day. And whether it's Kojak or Profit, I have people that are really close to me that push me, you know, to be more creative all the, same, all the time. And I think that when you are willing to be vulnerable and when you're willing to take those risks, that's when you grow. It's really pushing you to grow. And um, I just wanted to say, Peter, thank you for bringing thank us all you. together and thank making this so a central core thank you everyone. mission of Black of Street space. to have people bring out their inner artists. Is there anything you want to add about the creativity and the confidence? I, this was very special. This, this impromptu, you two joining in, I think we just all are very grateful for all of your voices and your courage. And it is directly aligned with our mission. I'm most proud of the fact that we have a culture where everybody can come into this space for a couple days and belong. And it's a, the diversity that was here today or over the past few days is just off the charts. And I'm really glad we could do our first power shift in L.A. All right. That's another episode of the Idea Fountain. Thanks so much for checking us out. If you want to know more about the Idea Fountain, you can go to the website, theideafountain.co, or check us out on Instagram at the Idea Fountain. And uh, 
it was really hard having this conversation about losing my friend Gary at the top of the episode. If there is anybody that is struggling with issues of mental health or feeling down, make sure you reach out and send that SOS and talk to a friend because we need you here.